Hello and welcome to Contra Mundum. Very special episode with our very first guest, uh, Stephen Wolf, uh, and I am your host Andrew Isker. And here with my with me is my co-host CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking me the proper question. Followed up with the proper answer. We are well trained and ready to go for episode. What is this? Eight. Episode Nine. eight. All right. Episode number eight. And Stephen, thanks our, for thanks for coming, Stephen. Our guest, yes. Again, yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's great to, yeah. Well, we we have a whole bunch to talk talk about. Um, you know, on the show, we typically talk about you know, events of the week and, and discuss them from from the Christian nationalist perspective, from a right wing Christian perspective. And um, so we'll discuss. And there, a lot has happened this week, of course. Uh, some very horrible, tragic events this week that we we have to go over. Um, but we also will hopefully get a chance to discuss your book. We've, we've referenced it probably on at least half of the episodes, I would say, um, oh, thank here. You. And so, uh, so yeah, we, we're not taking any, you know, royalties from Canon press uh, yet. Um, uh, we don't have to put paid, you know, paid promotion here, uh, yet. I mean, if I had to pay you guys royalties, I think I'd have to pay all my critics, uh, royal, a lot of royalties. So shout out yeah. to them. Um, that's right. That's right. We'll get to everybody we'll just said shout out. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to those critics, uh, definitely. Uh, but before we get started, uh, the big news of the week uh, was at the uh, Nashville uh, Covenant PCA Church uh, School. Um, it, there was a, a shooting. Um, three children and three staff members were killed. And um, it, it was a, a shooting that was done by a, a woman who... Uh, professed to be transgender or, or one of one of these things um, and so it, it has been a thing that has dominated the entire week the discussion of the entire week um, I wrote an article about that I'll, I'll talk about that maybe later um, but uh, I wanted to you know I wanted to discuss that and, and really what your take is what you've seen um, I mean the big thing that that I've taken away from it is that you know one shootings and, and school shootings like like this um, in you know, generally speaking, these are these are things that 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 have happened before. Um, they range all across the ideological spectrum. They're they're you know people that do ideological attacks that are right wing, and left wing, and so forth. Um, but uh, this one uh, for me, and, and maybe you, maybe you can comment on on this a little bit more. For me, the the reaction to the shooting from from the regime media has been to sympathize with the shooter um, more than the victims. Uh, would, th- would you say that's accurate? I mean, that's what I've seen a ton, uh, but the comment on that. Yeah, see, me? Oh, me, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, there is, uh, it's clear from the, from the media that they, they're stuck in this position where the, there's a sacred identity that, yeah. that likely committed this act uh, on, on the ground of that identity is if some, some kind of response to oppression or whatever of that identity. And so the media is stuck uh, having to, in a way, talk about this person as, as transgender and yet also as a mass murderer. And yeah, but, and, and really the, the victims are the sort of people who don't have that sacred identity status other than being children. Um, um, and even then that there's not really that for children, but, uh, and yeah, so they, they have to, they can't just they can't treat this person as a as like a sort of white male incel like they would like they they, they treat the white cell as like a loser 
uh, incel and um, and uh, that he represents everything that is wrong with white men. I mean, that, that's how they would treat the average kind of shooter. And yeah, but for but for, but for this thing, you, you can't you can't uh, use the identity in any sort of political way to attack enemies because that identity is, is like the supreme ally, if not the yeah. kind of the, the almost like a sort of idol or some sort of a regime object of worship. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's not surprising uh, that they're that, that they're kind of tripping over themselves almost to not, not necessarily like I haven't seen them so much blame the victims yet. And maybe you guys have yeah. seen that. But th there is that sort of like, okay, let's downplay, let's kind of test the waters, let's see what, uh, how how these how the the the, um, the actual powerful people, the the mob, is going to react to the way we handle this. Yeah, I, I think it, it it's. I mean, the the thing that I've seen so far is, yeah, they haven't gone quite as far. At least the the official narrative setters have not gone quite as far as to say. Uh, these people had it coming. They deserved it. They haven't gone that far, but they've like gone right up to that line, right where uh, these are these are Christians who pushed this, and that like they'll do it um, through this kind of like shell game narratively, uh, where they'll talk about the shooting and then this do this little sleight of hand thing where oh by the way Tennessee has this anti drag queen bill that they just passed, and they obviously what they're doing is they're you know trying to get you to think the shooting happened there this anti-drag bill is what provoked it uh putting these two, two things together and and um it's that has been like you said for me it hasn't been surprising because it's like well what else are they going to do like this is their <laughs> hello <laughs> uh what else are they going to do right is um they're they're they have to do this they're 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 painted into a corner with the narrative that they that they're pushing, right? They can't do anything other than that, right? They have to, um, they have to defend, like you said, the sacred identity, but uh, they they aren't so bold as to directly attack this group that they view as enemies, right? That they view as bad people, but they will they'll do it yeah. in this kind of oblique way. And, and they have yeah, they, they have to re they have to redirect. Whereas if it's like the white racist, there's no redirecting towards you know the the victim at all or the identity of the or the, gr the group of the victims. But uh, yeah, in this case, they yeah they're they're trying to kind of redirect. Okay, maybe the conversation should go back to the conversation we want it to be, which is oppression yeah. towards trans people. And and th th I think they know that Christians can easily fall for this, like we in in. Um, I don't want to say instinctively, but in, in sort of from socialization, I think we we tend to redirect kind of criticism to us uh, toward ourselves. So it's like I, I mean, there's some like TGC article I remember from years ago that they're reviewing a movie, and the movie was terribly like ter represented Christians terribly, unfairly, unjustly, and the 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 review did this. Uh, it did a good job kind of showing that the movie did that. But then the second half was, well, even though it was a bad movie and it mischaracterized us, it still causes us to reflect on ourselves and how perhaps we're perceived this way. Like it redirect, like the, the Christian instinct is like re, I don't want to say Christian instinct. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like the instinct we have today, it's redirected. So even when and there, you have an, an unjust accusation, 
you still have to kind of like reflect on yourself and not I, only I, privately I, but perform performatively. Yes. That there was like the like that OPC that that kid uh, who shot the like the synagogue um, was yes. it in L.A. or, or uh, in Southern it California. Was, it was like San Diego, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah I remember that. Like the, the, I knew this was going to happen. I said, guys, just don't don't do this. That there was like this. Yeah. He shoots up a synagogue, and then people are like it's because of replacement theology and covenant theology and that. And I was just like, stop, stop doing that because yeah. th there is that thing of like, well we instantly need to somehow kind of like like or the way that we show our witness and our Christian values is to essentially unjustly accuse ourselves of these yes. things or like, well, we're going to reflect now of whether or not our covenant theology might've been misunderstood and lead to a guy shooting up, you know, random Jews in a synagogue. I mean, it's just like, yeah. it's Let stupid, me... but, but you know, like, the, but the point is like, they, like we, we jump there. And I think the media knows that we would do something like that. Yeah. And uh, so they're going to push that until literally, I think PCs, I mean, I hope they don't, but I wouldn't surprise me if they go some, some of them go that way and do the exact, that exact thing. Sorry, CJ. No, it's okay. That's part of my role here is to interrupt people. But I, I think that's because otherwise, otherwise Andrew takes the whole show. That's, but that's right. That's right. I think that I don't, I don't think that Christians and by Christians, you are you're struggling to find a label there, but I think I, like modern evangelicals, American evangelicals really um, have a hard time understanding the political aspect of these narratives, the framing, right? The ability to uh, manipulate um, their own uh, soteriology against them. I think that's a very um, obvious weakness in American evangelicalism. And it gets them every time because I don't think people realize that there's a completely um, strong priority on the political aspect of framing things in this way. And I don't think evangelicals just as a whole are prepared to absorb that and know how to respond to, to, to you know, they, they, they can recognize something within the context of like a book or, or, or the Bible and the, the conviction that that can bring, but they don't recognize the extent to which this is a political argument. This is a political um, tactic, and I don't think conservative, uh, you know, cons even conservative, like like really strong conservative Protestant evangelicals are just really the whole idea of a political framing of a theological term is completely foreign to them. Um, and I think I think that's what's going on. And and yeah, so we fall for it. We fall for it over the last several decades since the civil rights regime came into you know ascendancy, and we fall for it today. And so that's going to be something that we see. Going forward, I think that um, there's going to be a lot more of these types of cases, and the media is going to get better and better at framing it in a way that benefits them. And I and I and I hope that younger evangelicals start to pay attention and start to have some pattern recognition and 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 realize that these are political arguments, not theological ones. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see who who they prop up as the kind of the regime evangelical, uh, you know, because. Like, wasn't there like a ridiculous Jim Wallace? I mean, he, he's too far left to say that he's an insider among us. Am, am I getting the name right? Jim Wallace, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have yeah but, the, but, but I mean, are they, is like a, is like a Russ Moore sort of person going to come up and I, I don't know. I, I, maybe this, I don't know. I, I'm sure they'll find someone Do they, uh, I mean, to, to kind of represent at us as evangelicals and kind of be the, the media face, but really just they serve yeah. the media and the regime as mm -hmm. like, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, they'll have, they will have at some point a millennial Russell Moore be the go-to for MSNBC. I think they had one. 
um, there was that thread on talking about like this guy that was all of a sudden appearing on as a forward for every book and endorsement for every book. Then all of a sudden he just disappeared and there was some sort of sexual scandal related to him. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, did you see that thread, Andrew? Yeah, I forgot I his name. I, I forgot his name, I, but I, I remember that. I, I'm not going to bring it up because it's still like unclear what's going on there. So I don't want to. Sure. Of course. I don't want to draw attention to something that I, you know, as, as bad as that uh, without knowing all the details. Uh, but yeah, there was an, it was an SBC guy that there was there's some kind of scandal going on. Um, but they're 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 constantly trying to um, have these guys that they're you know our age that they're trying to prop up and and insert into yeah. these uh, roles. But they do, they don't really have one. I mean, the hard thing is, um, I mean, you see this it, it regime evangelicalism really is 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 extremely bankrupt uh, in the sense that like if you look at the average TGC. Twitter post or even like their YouTube videos, um, they do not get very many views, right? They don't get very many retweets or, or engagement. Um, a lot of a lot of people are just over them, and the their typical audience that they would have had maybe ten years ago have all turned into progs. Like these people that are now practically like United Methodists or PCUSA, you know, flavored evangelicals that have the the trans flag in their Twitter profile now or, or pronouns at least. Um, that's, that, that used to be their audience, but now it's, now it's gone toward the Jim Wallace side of things or the, or you, know, you name them. Uh, so they're really, what's happened in the last few years is there's been this, this bifurcation where you have, you have the people that, you know, if we want to call it that, that are in our tribe versus the, the left tribe. And there's nothing in the middle. This like centrist evangelicalism is really going by the wayside. Um, it, it's so far as it seems, at least online, uh, everyone's like, Oh, online's not real. It's not real. Online's not real life, but it is actually, it is uh, an extremely accurate picture of, of the direction things are going. Um, so I mean, I think on, on TGC, I just say that I think they're, they're yeah, they have low engagement. Um, but w when there's the chance for the mob to go after them, they, they do like that, uh, oh, yeah. Josh Butler situation. Yeah, but yeah. why do they do that? Like, what? Why does I mean? Because like American Reformer is further right than center right, right? It, it publishes pieces that uh, a lot of people on the right enjoy. But it, I don't think it's created like a mob yet. Maybe there was one early on, but but why is that? Well, because that's kind of a the people who like American Reformer are probably not at at risk of becoming progs. Like they're not going to be yeah. Dumez fans or something like that. And yeah. and right. But the people who are in this TGC orbit, they know that if you're still kind of like them, then you're the people who can be nudged or kind of forced, forced left. So when, when there's that opportunity, like the Josh Butler thing, you just strike and yeah. it's just a huge mob. And, and then uh, all those people who were now once fans of TGC, where do they go? Well, now they're starting to drift to the left mm -hmm. uh, and find other, other sources of, you know, commentary and analysis. So they're, yeah. I think they see, yeah, that that's, I think TGC at this point is now like a, it's like, it's like a legacy outlet with still a following, but that following is, if you're still there, you're probably looking to the left and can be easily yeah. nudged that direction. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, and, and so I, I think as we're you know speaking right now, one of the things I wanted to, to uh, bring up and, and, especially with regard to the, just the reaction uh, to everything this week is it is um, this, the, this week apparently is, 
in, in their liturgical calendar, in the leftist liturgical calendar, is uh, Trans Visibility Week. And, and so, you know, you have, of course, the shooting on, on Monday, but today in the Tennessee Capitol, uh, there is a, a, apparently a riot or a, an insurrection uh, taking place. Yeah. So uh, for our viewers, I'll play this video. We'll see how it goes, but maybe the listeners will be able to hear it as, as well. So it looks like, uh, you know, uh, January 6th here. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, uh, the state troopers are uh, tussling with the crowd. I just like to point out that that, that noise is probably uh, some, I don't know, I, I can think that that's probably some uh, resemblance to what hell sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like if you've ever seen that, that there's a horror movie, uh, like Event Horizon. That's, that's you know, yeah, what it sounds like um, to that end. Here's another video. So yeah, as you can see, they uh, they stormed the Tennessee Capitol, overtook a, a government proceeding. So I, I expect all of those people should be in jail and held in solitary confinement for the next two years. Uh, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, but anyway, um, you see this like the reaction, like like we mentioned, um, you know, the media, the regime media reaction to to Monday um, has been sort of this sympathy for the attacker. Was was that was that were all those demonstrations related to the attack, or is that just a separate thing? Well, they're related to the they're related to transgenderism and the trans bill that <clears throat> happened on. Um, oh, in the Tennessee, yeah, and they're going to turn. They're going to turn. Yeah, see, that's how they that's how they frame things, you know, because you know she, um, you know this 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 girl that went insane and and shot everybody, you know, she was a kind of a victim of this cultural oppression. Uh, didn't she? Didn't she go to? that school i i don't remember she, but she so yeah so she um she attended that school as a child yeah so that's how they're going to frame it well it came out today and this is i think what's going to happen i mean we'll find out next week when you know, when we convene again uh but they they came out today that she was seeking counseling from the pastor and that when you saw the video where she goes into the church office she's mm -hmm. looking for him so she tries to kill him <clears throat> and instead she kills his daughter his 9-year-old daughter Wow. And, and so she was uh, she was being counseled by him. So I, probably what is going to happen if I had to uh, hazard guess of how they where they take the narrative from here. He didn't indulge in her, you know, confusions. That, yeah, that this was conversion, you know, what they call conversion therapy. So right. Trying to, so they'll try to demonize it that mm -hmm. way. Um, they'll say he was doing conversion therapy. There was apparently um, accusations, you know, 20 years ago or something of, <clears throat> of sexual abuse at that school or church or something like that. Um, so maybe they'll try to rope some of that in as well. I mean, that's, this is how they construct these narratives is, is they, I mean, it's the, you know, the Darvo thing of, of switching the, the victim and the oppressor. Right. And, and so that I think is where the, the narrative is going to shift. But I mean, you see this, so, I mean, bringing it back to, yeah, this, that's the first, one of the first things I thought of was that, that, um, that, uh, kids, that OPC kid in, in Southern California that shot up a synagogue. Mm. I mean, and, and I hate to do that. Imagine if the situations were reversed, but it's instructive in that, 
imagine if in reaction to that, Christians then that week went out and protested, you know, American Israeli policy, right? And said that we need to stop giving $2 billion to Israel. Like imagine if, if, if that's what we did, right? Um, I mean, it would be, it would be horrifying if people did that and sickening and disgusting um, if, if that's what took place. But here they are, you know, storming the Tennessee Capitol a, a, a few days after one of their own um, you know, murders a bunch of children and, and, and older people. Um, and there, there's no, there, there is no stopping and reflecting and say, because also you see this, that like, if you, you know, online again is real life. And if you see their communities, if you ever, you know, wade into their world or if, or if pronoun people start attacking you online, they're extremely violent. Um, and, and somehow they never get banned. Uh, they're extreme, like the, just the rhetoric they use. They talk, they talk about stuff that would, would get your channel nuked. Um, and so they, th- there is no stopping and saying, Hey, we should dial it back guys. We shouldn't do this. Or maybe we should take this week off and not, not push this issue. No, they're doubling down on it. Um, and the entire, the entire apparatus of the regime is indulging this is saying, I mean, you, you see this today with, with MSNBC there, the, the, you know, you referenced the Jim Wallace guy, um, who's sitting next to, to Charlotte, Charlotte Clymer. Um, and, and Charlotte Clymer is going in this long diatribe about how, uh, God, he, uh, made it in God's image and her and using like female pronouns for God and things like this and, and, and wearing a dress and lipstick, you know, all, despite looking very masculine. And uh, Jim Wallace is just sitting there like gla- eyes glazed over. Like, what did I, what, demons did i summon up from the pit of hell with, with all the leftism i pushed over the years um and, and 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 but you see this like this is on the show and like the the chiron down at the bottom is transgenders are under attack or something like that like that's that's their takeaway from monday is i mean it's the norm mcdonald tweet of you know imagine if uh isis blew up new york uh, uh just think of the reaction to peaceful muslims you know like that's that's <laughs> yeah. uh, that they they they've made Norm McDonald's like absurd you know a reductio ad absurdum joke, real life with this. Um, it's that's that's what I see. That that's the thing that, again, like Stephen said, it's not shocking, um, or surprising, but it is shocking. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's it, it's it's not surprising. Like it, it makes sense that they would go this direction because they're stuck in this corner. But it is shocking. Like it's 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 really, um, it's it's terrifying. In, in, in a lot of ways that the, the power that they have over propaganda in people's minds is to push this stuff. And so the thing that has to happen, this is, this is what I, I wrote about this week is that Christians have to look this square in the eyes and realize it's either us or them. Like either <clears throat> we, either we get tougher and, and start to uh, fight back rhetorically um, and start to uh, start to be bolder in how we speak about these issues or, or they're going to eradicate us, right? They're going to, they're going to destroy us and make, uh, and take everything away from us. And, and so that's, I mean, that, that's part of, you know, why we wanted to have, have you on here, Stephen, and, and discuss, uh, these, these things is because this, this entire movement of, of Christian nationalism really, really does that. You know, I mean, I saw this week, um, you know, your, uh, your critic, Neil Shenvey, uh, you know, talked about how well we shouldn't be using this term Christian nationalism because the left came up with it. It's not very clear or very good term. This, there's some bad things that, right? Um, but the reason why it's good, or at least from my perspective, um, the reason why it's good, and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, and this is where we can have some conversation, 
is it's it's a starting point of actually beginning to be bold and fighting back and asserting what is ours. So um, is that is that kind of how you understand it? Like reassertion of uh, like in your case, you know, Protestant political theology or, or how, how do you look at yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning of the book, I, I say that that um, that the the my political thought is grounded in, in classical Protestant tradition. So. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the fundamental principles you see, I, I think you can all find them w- within tradition. But at the same time, it is it is nationalist. So I'm not uh, th- that is my argument is it's not just a regurgitation. It's not just a you know a rewriting of old old themes. I mean th- there is some of that, but it's also a it's it's nationalist. And the reason why I chose Christian nationalism, the reason why I want to talk about nationalism. Uh, it is not to say that like Christian nationalism is the right term or for for every age at all times. I mean, probably in a sense it is, but I think it's especially important today because uh, nationalism it uh, it has at least a connotation and the idea that of like a reinvigoration, revitalization of people who have become weak, who have become. Uh, it, Kind of like uh, like who, who who lack the will to to live well, who mm-hmm. uh, whose entire life seems to be revolving around losing and, and failing, and like we talked about before, how we we tend to we get accused of something and we just kind of roll over and say, yeah, I guess I guess you're right, but um, and we don't actually uh, assert um, our 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 will in the world for our good, and uh, mm-hmm. and so I think nationalism is. It can have its bad forms, of course, and uh, I don't advocate for those forms in the book. Um, uh, but their na- nationalism as a people saying uh, we are a people and we are going to preserve ourselves as a people and we're going to seek our good as a people, and being very doing that self consciously and with with passion and vitality and will that that's that's good. We ought to do that. So that's why I brought that's why I brought that term. You know, national try to bring nationalism back. It wasn't just a like someone early on said. I, I saw a tweet and I, before they probably read the book if they read it at all, but they said something like, "Oh, it's just a marketing term. It's just a term out there. It's a marketing term." But if you read the book, I mean, it's no. it is a nationalist book. I mean, it, it's yeah. not just a marketing term. I mean, it was it, it was good for marketing. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. But in terms of the content of the book, uh, it was uh, it is nationalist. So. Yeah, um, I think you, yeah. Your, I mean, your arguments in the book, and, and CJ can, can pick this, you know, question up too. But like, uh, your your arguments in the book, I think, I think were were phenomenal, in, in that it gives a, a clear intellectual framework that people can really grab hold of in understanding this this question that that we I mean, we've talked about it on here, CJ and I have about you know what is an American, right? No one can even like define that. I mean, that's we talked about like Vivek Ramaswamy. And his campaign, uh, and it's it's just this generic universalist yeah. ideas, right? Of, of just it's the same globalist liberal, you know, stuff that that anybody else would have. But the question, I mean, it's it's a vital one to ask. Well, what is an American? What is an American? What is what is a Frenchman? What is an Englishman? Um, I, I mean, we saw that this week where um, the the prime minister of Scotland is like Pakistani, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he says, well, why, you know, we got too many white people in Scotland. And it's like, you're in Scotland. 
<laughs> you're you're in Scotland. What do you mean you got yeah. too many white? Like that's like, like imagine well, going to Pakistan <clears throat> and say we got too many brown people here. There's way too many of them. Uh, we need more whites. <clears throat> like no, like that you're in that country. That's that's their nation. Yeah, but he, you know, he, people like him, they, they've adopted sort of the fruit of thinking of of nations as something <clears throat> that are dangerous, and thinking of nations, you know, they've they've transitioned and transformed the meaning of nation um, away from its concept as a people with a similar cultural background, and they've transformed it into basically just being an outpost for economic activity. Um, it's a and so, zone. yeah, yeah, from that mentality, from that mentality, when you have a nation of Scots. Um, that are Scots and they have their history there, um, their priorities can come into conflict with, um, you know, efficiency. They can come into conflict with, um, you know, a, a rising prosperity. They can come into conflict with um, some of those uh, more liberal uh, visions of, of, the, of the world order. And so they have to criticize them along those lines. They have to criticize them along ethnic lines because that's the only way they can free themselves from this backward looking past. So like, I, I want to get into detail questions um, from the book. Well, can um, I, can I comment on that? Just yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I think, so I think that uh, people like that, I don't know if he was elected prime, prime minister who's running or something. I forget what it was, but in Scotland, I don't think people, I don't think people like that actually believe it in principle they believe it instrumentally so i think the yes. like a, a a i guess heritage westerner whatever you want to call uh, a westerner they they believe it in principle they believe the universality notions in principle that this place is for all people you know all times it doesn't matter where you're back blah 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 all that stuff that you believe that in principle but other people uh i think believe it instrumentally but they're still in principle hold to like a sort of ethnocentric view of the world but they see that using the universal so in other words like if you so like say you're, let's, let's say you're let's say you're from twitter and you you lead a a big tech industry somewhere a big tech company yeah. social media company and uh and who are you going to hire well you're going to hire a bunch of indians to come yeah over yeah that's right going to work for them. um but at the same time you're going to speak all about universality and, and mm -hmm. liberty and, and all that stuff. you're going to you're going to talk yeah. human right you're going to talk all about that mm -hmm. but in your actual practices of who benefits from your power uh, it's going to be your own ethnicity. So, and I think I think the West will see that more and more and more. And uh, and but we're psychologically not prepared to handle that. We're thinking in principle, yeah, uh, we're we're individuals. Ethnicity doesn't matter. None of that matters. But but no one else thinks that, and they come here and they don't lose that. I mean, not generally speaking, they don't. Um, especially if it's mass, and especially from certain places. Uh, and so, yeah, we're. It's it's going to be in trouble. But I think we have to recognize that difference between believing something in principle and believing instrumentally. This is yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Actually, <clears throat> this is part of a debate. Um, you know, like so, critics of what's called the managerial state, the managerial revolution, <clears throat> and and sort of that you know the the products of of the thinking and and insights of of James Burnham and and Sam Go uh, Sam Francis. You know, they would they would talk about the fact that you know the elites have to create these myths that they can use. Um, as means for their own ends, uh, people like call, Paul Gottfried, he, you know, he thinks the elites—they actually do believe it. I agree more with Stephen and, and Sam Francis on this issue. I think that they are basically just kind of above it, and they use that rhetoric because it's effective. And as we've seen over the last half century, um, you know, white evangelicals, which are basically just, which is basically like the American primary mainstream demographic, white Protestant, you know, in, in America, um, they they are very um, they have 
they have not been able to keep up with the political aspects of these myths. And so they absorb them and they're not prepared to uh, confront them or confront the political use of them. So I agree with Stephen. I, I think that the true end game for these things is sort of a, um, you know, benefit my own people and uh, subdue the people that I, I want to replace. Uh, so I agree. I agree with that uh, as well. I don't know if, if you have any feedback on that, Stephen, but that's I agree. <clears throat> no, no, I, no. Good. Yeah, that's good. Let's get into specific questions on the book now, Andrew. I don't know if you want to start. Um, I, I'm, cu you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about, um, and, and I was going to talk more about this with you um, in a different podcast environment as well. But I, I'm curious about um, the place of your book in the hands of of its critics. Um, what do you think? You know, some of the, generally speaking, um, where do you think most of your evangelical critics? Um, had their had their biggest problems. Uh, so the good first question. I think they're on Twitter. Someone has said, uh, "Ask him why he thinks fat people can't go to heaven." So I'm glad you chose this one instead of that one. So that's an interesting one as well. Uh, yeah, what what the evangelical? I well, I think um, yeah, I'm evangelical critics. Uh, I'm thinking I think like Kevin DeYoung and people like that. Yeah. Well, I mean. Kevin DeYoung, I mean, it goes back to like the the whole universal particular thing where he mm -hmm. he's the guy who would say every you know the but he theologized it he's he Christianized the universality and uh, I mean I've, I've seen that from other people as well and they say well the gospel is this and that for universal and <clears throat> the, the church is colony of heaven and, and all that sort of thing so the, the, they'll have that 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 concept theologically built in uh, so I, I think that's probably the biggest hangup I think for American evangelicals was precisely the the ethnic question the, the idea that that there can be cultural like you can you can have cultural or like ethnic however you want to call it like differences between people and that you it is actually proper and for your good that you would maintain a distinction uh in some regard between i don't want to like say too from like a, like a geographic separation so what i'm saying but like a like some kind of distinction between us and them that can be uh, with mutual respect. It can be with a sort of uh, friendship, um, but at the same time saying that we're different. So the idea of ethnic difference uh, doesn't, doesn't that, that that's good in principle. And hearing a white guy say that bothers them. I mean, if some other, if someone of a different race said it or different, you know, like non white ethnicity or whatever said that, then they'd be okay with it. But um, I think that that was kind of the biggest hang up. I think that people had, uh, it was it was also this the argument that i i didn't appeal as much to the kind of the christian tradition on that one because largely because a lot of these things were just actually kind of assumed i mean there's places in like calvin's commentaries and others where they'll talk openly about loving your kin over non-kin and it's just it they don't argue for it they just state it because it's like assumed assumed like everyone believed that it wasn't controversial i mean of course the people who are Related to you by blood are going to receive, and generally, in, in normal circumstances, going to be kind of privilege your attention, time, and resources uh, over non-kin. Uh, and so you can you can cite that stuff, and I, I cite what I can. Uh, but in sort of working that out and defending it from a uh, you know a, a, an argument that isn't just based on authority is challenging. He's got to get a like you know try to tap into people's instincts and and find common ground and so I think that's where, again, that's where people were most hung up. Mm -hmm. That that, and also the dad bod thing. A lot of people didn't like the dad bod part. 
That's <laughs> um, the best part. Dad Bob. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that do you think that regime evangelicals uh, or just evangelicals in general, just conservative, you know, your normal people, do you think they're um, more uncomfortable with the idea of power um, than you know Christian thinkers mm-hmm. would have been three hundred years ago? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's a softball question. So yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but, I, I'm just kidding, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the. But do you think that's a? Do you think that's one of the reasons why uh, we're so subdued and occupied by a leftist regime? Is just because mm-hmm. we just have no place for power within temporal affairs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the sort of thing. Like, that's a conversation on its own because I think there's a, a historical explanation for that uh meaning the the the, how evangelicals kind of align themselves with a very uh, like a like a like a free market or limited government type perspective which i'm all about limited government too but but that that made us in principle afraid that even like a state governor would do something like a descent, like the people denouncing DeSantis for going after Disney other places. That's 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 where everything's gone too far. It's one thing to say constitutionally the, the president cannot do this or that. Yeah. But to then apply a philosophical principle to say DeSantis as state governors can't do that. That's where things go wrong. Um well, but the other thing too so is Yeah, so I definitely think there's a historical reason. But I'm I but I I think the theology entered mm-hmm. uh to to kind of justify that perspective i I mean i think there's i think there's like neutral world to use aaron wren's thing there's also the idea that we had a neutral world theology where we thought that we could continue to kind of be you know um just be kind of the new have our beliefs and people leave us alone mentality and so a theology developed to make it where we didn't have to assert power because well we could just continue on as it's going we just keep going as it is and you know things aren't that bad I mean, I don't like this or that, but not so bad. They're not coming after me or my kids. My kids can still go to college and not mm-hmm. be persecuted and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I could keep, I could keep rattling on, but I, I'll just. Yeah. yeah, CJ always has to interrupt me too. Uh, not kidding. That's his job. That's his job. Otherwise, I'll, I'll talk for three hours and then it'll be like, you know, <laughs> calls me in for dinner. Um so yeah, no. Um, my 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 question you know, related to the book is, you know, as far as like vision for how you see things going in the next ten to twenty years. I mean, there's it's it's kind of a choose your own adventure where things might go this way or it might go this way. It's hard to figure out the outcomes, especially. I mean, the United States is the seat of of geopolitical power on the planet, and and um, that is a it's a situation where things could go all sorts of different directions. You, you could have, you know, a thousand year uh, globalist American empire, or it could, it could collapse in, in the next 20 years. Um, and so I, and I, there, there are people I respect that have good opinions that think either direction. Um, and so what, uh, how, how do you think this all shakes out? I mean, do you think that, you know, um, a, a more assertive evangelicalism that is, is, um, wizened to the realities of power will have an effect on politics in America in the next 20 years, right? Do you, I mean, do you think that's a reality yeah. or is it just us here in our little enclave that, you know, are <laughs> theorizing and, and, and talking about Carl Schmidt and things like that? Um, and yeah. re- or is it going to actually have an effect more broadly? Um, are there going to be a lot of like pastors and people in positions of leadership that begin to, to change course 
um, you know, o- over the next few years, now that we are in, you know, Aaron Wren's negative world, um, or, or, or what do you think? Yeah, this is, I get these questions, these kind of questions a lot, and it's, uh, it's, it's a struggle between being the good academic political theorist or being like the movement propagandist. Yeah, uh, I'm pushed away for a minute. Yeah. Keep well, I'm 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 better I'm, I'm better at the I'm better at the other at the, the I know I know. Um, I know you are. Uh, that's why in actually in in the last chapter, like the first paragraph last chapter, I'm like, like you know, we got to have the foot soldiers because I'm just gonna be the dude writing books. So I'm not a I, I can't like. Yeah, um, put a lot of thought into this stuff, and that's why I ask you. You know, like you you. Yeah, I mean, w- one of the things. Yeah, I, I thought part of like the way I saw my contribution of, of, of a larger project is I wanted to write a book that is deeply influenced by tra- tradition, but, but can also kind of revitalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I only have one chapter on America, and it's basically yeah. about the re- religious liberty tradition. I talk a little bit about it in the epilogue. Um, and that's because I wanted to lay out the principles. I wanted to kind of, kind of criticize or critique some of the bad psychological moves we make. And establish that, and hope that that this would then springboard other people to start talking and writing and and, and see what happens. But but here I am asked, okay, well, what's the what's the movement going to look like in twenty years? And uh, it's I, I it's easy to be like really pessimistic uh, because oh, yeah. there is yeah. something to the idea that liberalism is here to stay. Uh, that is like the you know the the um, what's his name. Um, Francis Fukuyama's yeah, notion that, that yeah. the end of history. I mean, I don't think as people <laughs> like to beat up on that guy, but his argument is not, uh, at least the way, the, the idea is not um, completely bonkers. I'm just yeah. say it's not entirely wrong. There is a liberalizing effect you see in the world. Of course, there's resistance from from China, who's very kind of firmly. I mean, in, in Hong Kong, for example, they're just smashing the the idea of democracy in Hong Kong. So. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I mean? I, it's hard. It's really hard to say. I, I think that uh, the, I mean, then you like I'm just thinking of China again. Like as much as like we we say we're liberal and free here, but the the, the oppression is in the West is very psychological. First of all, yeah, but second, it's becoming. I think as people start to kind of wake up and reject that psychology, that mentality, and the reactions and habits we have that make us lose and be losers. People are then; those are going to be the object of state oppression. So, I think actually, in the tw- next twenty years, we're going to say we're going to see more explicit use of power. So, before I think in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, it was a more an implicit use of power that weakens Christians, that uh, somewhat marginalized at some key like uh, elite levels, but still allowed people to be kind of the middle road and, and below. But I think what we're going to see is more explicit oppression of people who are Orthodox Christians, but theologically morally. Yeah. Uh, and the, I guess the the question will be how do those how do then the 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 majority of sort of normie evangelicals relate to those people? So let's say like the guys like like we three are the sort of people uh, who are aware of you know that there's a regime that there's implicit and explicit oppression. And that we are like the objects of derision from the elite, and that the and that of course the people who claim victimhood are actually really the, the ones who pressing the yeah. those who they accuse are the oppressors, um, and like we know that. But we're like, what happens when they attack me and 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 you guys? 
and try to destroy us and our families and all that. How are the normie evangelicals going to react? And I, I don't know. I, I think that's a big thing. Like, so when, when the oppression dials up and it's, it's in your face, you can see it. Uh, when the absurdity is, is in your face, like in this trans thing, how clearly they're treating this situation differently than a white guy shooting up a synagogue. How are the normie people going to, are, are they going to accept the absurdity and call it normal? Or are they going to say, well, no. Um, and part of our role is to say, yeah, that's absurd. And you got to crit criticize it and move you know, to the right <laughs> or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, or just accept, or, you know, I, I would say, you know, putting the propagandist hat on, right? Putting the promoter hat. Uh, yeah. Just accept reality. Right, except for yeah, that, right. This, you know, like that's that's. I, yeah, I don't even like the the fra framing left and right so much anymore because it's I like do. That, it, I mean, you do. Yeah, I know you. I mean, I do. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm cool with it. That's you, you use the tools you got. Yes, I get that. But these are things that are rooted in in liberalism, like the the birthplace of liberalism, the French Revolution, and so like rightism is just reality, right? It's just accepting the way the world got made. You right? seen uh, reality has a right wing bias. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. Exactly. And so, <laughs> what I use right wing, I mean it in that way. That that it's just yeah. it's accepting that. Okay. Yeah. The emperor actually is naked. Those are not clothes that he's wearing. That's that's rightism. Right. Is is just you know not um, not surrendering to the insane narratives. I mean, all, all of these narratives are humiliation rituals. Actually. I mean, it's the the kind of thing that is in North Korea where they make you say yes, Kim Jong Il shot 18 consecutive holes in one his first time swinging a golf club. And, and, and they do that because anyone who won't repeat something absurd um, is a potential <laughs> dissident that they can get rid of. And so that's, that's what we are is the people that are saying, no, you know, he actually, you know, he, he, he didn't do that. That's impossible. Um, and so that, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really the question is what, where does the normie go? What does he do? And like you said, it's really, it can be really depressing because everything in their lives is pushing them towards those people are cranks. They're crazy. They're just antisocial people that, that people just don't want to like, you know, they're bad people. And we're going to go over here and just be winsome and nice. And you have a lot less space to be winsome and nice, but we're going to keep yeah. rolling that strategy out because that's, that's what we do. That's what we've been trained. To well, do. because I mean, most people are drawn towards, I mean, this is kind of Nietzschean, I guess, but it's just true. Uh -oh. it, pe people are drawn towards what, like the warmth, right? They're drawn yeah. towards the, if they're in the cold, they're drawn towards what was warm. And what the, what the kind of the elite evangelicals somewhat, what they do is they, they say that they, they show, uh, they they show uh, like norm evangelicals where where it's where it's as warm as you can be and also maintain theological orthodoxy, and I think what like but then what happens is the people who kind of accept the cold are weird, you know, like like the guy who oh yeah I like I love it when it's thirty degrees out or twenty degrees outside like that sort of guy like outside? dude yeah. you're you're like yeah. you look at him you think he's insane, but then those are the sort of people who then are often you know like you said they're kind of cranks but they can also be the ones who kind of see things better than. Like you said, a lot of times the the the, the I want to say utter weirdo, but the um, I, you know, like the, I, I, I guess we can't use autistic anymore for in the, on the right, but I, that was like roundly criticized now because we we can't say that anymore. Um, but like that that kind of thing, right? So there there was uh there that um like those sort of people somehow have to be able to take situations like this trans situation, and be like, hey. Don't you see how absurd this is? Don't you see? And it's like, 
And then, then they're like, oh yeah, there's such hypocrisy in the media. It's like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. But let's let's uh, let's turn the analysis up. It's not hypocrisy. It's hi it's uh, it's um, it's, hierarchy. it's hierarchy. You are on the low end of the hierarchy. They're in the high end, and so you are essentially the enemy of the regime. And they can't openly, like, they're not going to openly take guns, boost down, break down your door, well, not all the time, but they are going to, they're going to make your identity as like the sort of enemy oppressor uh, and use every means of power to depress. And, you know, I guess you know, this, this could happen over time, explain, explain that to them. But I think, well, to get back to the original question, I think that's kind of what we, we need to do. If you're in the kind of the Christian nationalist camp or something adjacent to that, or you just have the spirit, you don't like the term, but you have that sort of spirit for that. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to uh, be that sort of um, ambassador for reality. You say you have to, you have to have a critical, this is why I'm not like hundred percent throw out like critical theory. I mean, I think the left wing version is, is crap, but there is something to this idea that no, there is a power hierarchy at work here. Yeah. There is there a power. There always is. There always is. There always is. It's unavoidable. Yeah. Yeah, and this is like one of those examples where it's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, there's a hierarchy of power that is built into the way our society operates. And guess what? You're at you're unjustly on the bottom. So uh so that's the sort of thing you have to communicate to people. And 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 more than that, I mean, in terms of like the broad movement, that's really hard to say. But I think at the individual level, group level, you gotta find friends who are like minded. You have to um you have to work out with them, you know, uh, smoke with them, read read with them, you know, get you just have this camaraderie between like-minded and locally as best you can, and uh, and have that kind of circle of friendships, especially if they're kind of similar age, where you can have similar age kids and all that, and, and mm -hmm. hopefully your church can be like that. I mean, that, that's just the sort of thing that at, at an individual level. Because things change rapidly. Imagine you're it's seventeen sixty five and you're twenty years old. And you're, we're, what happens? What happens like nine, ten years later? Well, yeah. there's a revolution. You never would think that that not only would there be a revolution, but there was a declared independence. I mean, not only was there like a civil war, a war, or like resistance to the crown, there was a declared independence. Yeah. Um, of course, the Fed's watching. I'm not calling for revolution, but the point well, is, this is, a is show. yeah. So the <laughs> the point is, is that things change rapidly. I don't know what's going to happen in 10, 20 years. My pessimistic side that liberalism is just going to rumble along and be, it's going to be more absurd and it's going to be like, but, um, but there are, I mean, that's, that's when I, when I, you know, fall into the black pill pit, uh, which <laughs> isn't often, I try to stay as white pilled as possible because it's, 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 a, it's, it's dark and deep and it goes on forever that the black pill pit. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> I, I try to think about, okay, all right. 2014 i remember what life was like in 2014 and there was no like light on it at the end of the tunnel there's nothing on the horizon that would change things and then all of a sudden this this orange man descended an escalator and um it came in it came in it, 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 what it, kind of white pills you taken yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. um and it, what but you know what i'm saying is like there are these black swan events that happen yeah right? black swan events happen that we can't predict that we we that 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 I mean because God exists and He does these things right mm. and so uh, we should be preparing for black swans to happen. Uh, What's well, like the Christian the Christian prince? What why did I call Christian prince and do that? And it's because it's it was actually kind of part of my 
pessimistic side, <clears throat> part of the reason why I wrote parts of that chapter is it is that I, to my mind, there has to be. I mean, Trump. You know, I have all sorts of things that only about Trump, but the, <laughs> but he he is that kind of prototype. I don't know what the right word would be, but he he is that sort of great that man. Great? I mean, he's not. Yeah. yeah, he's a sort of ironic, clownish, absurd great man. Yeah. And the, the idea of a Christian prince is is that there is a Christian great man that is not a weakling, and that he can actually, by force of like gravitas and and virtue, can bring people out of their complacency um, into kind of a self-affirming, uh, you know, like a, a self-affirming posture or whatever, and and actually assert ourselves in the world. And that that's something that that's the sort of person God raises up. Yeah. And so part of my pessimism is that is like looking and praying for that sort of great man to arise who can change things. Because I mean, I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was really like, I'm sorry, I keep, I keep going on and on. It's like my I'm own podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I have kind of my own podcast now and but like, I just kind of go on for an hour, but uh yeah, and anyway, I'll just leave that. Go, go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, please, yeah, please. If you want to go on for an hour, yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, we. I I just um, I just finished preaching First Samuel one or First uh, Samuel all all through that book, and that right after doing Judges and Ruth, and it gives you this perspective of like hundreds of years of disorder and problems mm-hmm. and and God's people you know, suffering through apostasy and and. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's amazing. This, this picture of life, very similar to ours. And then they have this leader who is, you know, effective for a while, but then, um, then apostatizes and is, it becomes very wicked and, and, and is a failure. Um, and it, it just, it's, it's, you could imagine being these people and just blackpilling, right. Over generations, blackpilling. I think it's all over. This is horrible. Everything is terrible. It's, it's over. It's over. And then David appears, right. Then David appears and we're back. (laughs) Right, we're back. And, um, and I mean, really, that's what happens. Um, and of course, he's not perfect, and you know, we know everything in, in Second Samuel. But he is—he is this this prince that that you're describing. And God God raises men like this up all the time. I mean, you look through all all through Christian history, there are men like this that that lead their people. I mean, you could talk about uh, King Alfred, or you could talk about uh, Charlemagne. You could talk about all all of these great men um, in Christian history, or even non-Christian history, actually. Uh, that lead their people, and um, God raises men like that up, and we should be in the business of, of you know, producing them, right? Having raising our sons to maybe be that man. Maybe one of you <clears throat> listening right now will be that man. Um, it, you could, uh, you could be. Um, it, so that's that's what I want to encourage and to to not black bill is that I mean, we can yeah, raise as, up great men. As big as our audience is, the odds are pretty high that that the, a listener. Uh, is our great man that we're looking forward to? One of you. Um, One of you, I, you. I I do have a I, I do want a comment um, or I want to ask for a comment a little bit on the nature between uh, nature and grace. When you talk about things like great man, um, you have that same evangelical hesitancy that um, you know it's it's you know you know the response I'm 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 talking about and I am really frustrated with it, but it goes along the lines of um, actually all Christians are sinners. There is no great man except for Jesus. How do you respond? Huh. Okay. Um, but but that, this, yeah. I mean, it's kind of representative of this of this whole thing. The gospel the tells Jesus us. Juke. Yeah. It is yeah. the Jesus juke. It's, it's 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 the evangelical juke. I mean, it's really that's kind of like 
with with the gospel, you can't talk about things like political power. You can't talk about things like you know the strength of the of the of the uh, temporal order. You can't talk about things yeah. like the ability of a Christian prince to wield power for the that's good of. Nietzschean. That's just Nietzschean, man. That's that's what. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's Nietzsche. it's it's really dangerous, yeah. and I think the left really has has uh, benefited a lot from this mentality. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's. There is, a, I think, what's what the, the, a related question is is well, we don't want to put too much power in the hands of one man, and I think they 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 misunderstand. They think that I I mean like a dictator by a Christian prince, or or want to go back to like rejecting reject uh, separation of powers and uh, mm -hmm. rejecting the Constitution and that sort of thing. But I I think a, an American great man who's actually a type of Caesar in a way, a good. Caesar. Um, yeah. I think George Washington was like a sort yes. of American Caesar. Yeah. And yeah. he, he was not perfect. Of course. I mean, the revel, the, the success of the revolution was divine. I don't think it was because Washington, I mean, he was good of course, but, uh, there, there were some moments where mm -hmm. I guess you could say, look, uh, was um, on our side. Um, but the, yeah. but he, after, after the war in particular, I mean, he was, uh, he presided over the very contentious federal convention debates and then contentious ratification of the state. Like, you know, so he gave it authority to that. And then, of course, he won hands down the presidency for two terms. And then I, I was, I, I've said this several times on podcasts, but I think it's just so important for all the different audiences that, that he, he writes a farewell address, knowing that at, you know, at one point he was kind of said, you should be the monarch and we're going to have a monarchy and George Washington, King George. and. Uh, and there was no constitutional provision, you know, uh, amendment that said only two terms. He could have done a third term. Of course, he was getting old and he knew he had to go. Uh, but the, the fear was he's been kind of like the father of this country and these people for, for decades, mm -hmm. uh, in a way. And, and now he's saying, I'm gone. I'm gone. And in the farewell address, he says things like, look, you, you had a common national struggle, you, you, uh, the, like these these state interests. We got to get away from them. You, you're one people. You're American. You had a common struggle. You have similar culture. You have similar religion. And he, he's he's basically saying farewell. I'm gone now. You guys have to figure this out. And he was recognizing, I think, implicitly in that text that he was the guy who held it together. And then he left. And then it, you know, there were problems of course, but the, but there. And, and more or less, we kept it together. Uh, yeah. One one episode that didn't, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and so, but but the thing is, G George Washington, he 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 didn't say much during the federal convention debates that produced the Constitution. Uh, and yet, his presence there, I think, was central to that. Um, not only the success of the convention, but also to, to the success of the actual ratification of the document. Of the Constitution itself in the states, um, and so the point being is that a Caesar or that sort of person does not require a dictator, you know, uh, all supreme absolute power. In fact, the someone like a George Washington is just a perfect example of someone who worked within the confines of the arrangements and tradition, and yet had significant influence. And so I I don't have in mind this guy who's like a bulldozer. Who you know? It's like like a um, uh, what's the uh, the Dune? What the uh, Paul Atreides? Atreides. Not not yeah. not. He's not he's not a Paul Atreides who just <laughs> who destroys worlds and and kills 
you know, 100, 400 billion people, whatever it was. Billions. Yeah. yeah, I'm not talking about Apollo Trades. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, I think, yeah, like that's the sort of person I have in mind. Of course, it'd be very different in our time, our age. Okay, so you're um, more of a moderate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm a you're moderate, a yes. A I'm a centrist, yeah. 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 Oh, well, CJ, we're running up on our, our time here. Do you have a, a one last question for uh, Stephen? Um, please be the fat question, please. Yeah. Well, let's no, let's kidding. let's do the fat question as sort of representative of of that same mentality. Um, what is it about the current uh, evangelical space that um, it doesn't like greatness? And I know we basically just mm -hmm. talked about this. Um, but I think let's let's use it for this. Let's use that question as a gateway to talk about grace and nature, because I think that gets in the way of people that that we live in the gospel age, and therefore things like political power are at odds with uh, our calling in the world. Um, and so, like yeah. the things like the fat question, people don't like when you make dis like distinctions between better and worse ways of living. You know, so maybe maybe just talk about that as as we close up. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think there is that there's this sense in which grace can then uh, destroy what is what is what is natural. And that that's that's kind of I, I think the what evangelicals generally kind of believe very incoherently they believe something like that. Uh, there, there is a sense in which masculinity is pathologized, and grace is is then kind of meant to sort of deal with the these the the bad aspects of masculinity and then mm -hmm. essentially becomes femininity is the is the highest virtue and, and all that uh, so there i mean there is that theme like the whole like when it comes to like nutrition I mean, there's there's all sorts of reasons I, I think oftentimes i think the theology comes in to justify what's already sociologically true right and so i do think that yeah there is an aspect of of that well, being fit and and uh, losing weight shows kind of sort of idle or obsession with yourself. And you, you're at the gym staring at yourself as you're doing your, you know, your arm curls. And uh, <laughs> because and who else would you stare at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your ridiculous looking face <laughs> as you're trying to you know do that eighty pounder. Uh, um, but uh, <laughs> only eighty. <laughs> yeah, I know, only eighty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, uh, I think the, the issue is that the, what people don't realize is, I, how do I say this? I, I think that we've existed in a very uh, strong liberal state that lets us do and believe whatever we want uh, because there, it's, very, it's a very safe kind of environment. It's very institutionalized. You call the cops, they show up and help you. This is why single women don't need husbands because they can be safe in their apartments and safe to tweet and have cats and drink wine and that, that's where that they can do that all day all day all night long um because of our our modern arrangements has allowed that to be such so so there's what this allows us to have is grace or the idea of politics will undermine these what what, what were actually very natural necessities you needed mm -hmm. you needed strong men you needed assertiveness you needed this sort of agonistic politics uh, you needed the king who carried a sword, mm -hmm. like has it was an image of a of a guy whose sword who's going to lead his people in battle. Uh, you needed that sort of thing in the past, and now you have this bumbling, 
you know, like sort of person like Biden and they think it's cute that he likes ice cream. I mean, that that's all. Yeah, it's funny, but it's like that, that it makes sense given, uh, given the way we understand power. Like that, that's a sort of the bumbling old man with an ice cream is that's kind of how we want to perceive as our leader now. Um, and so I know that's probably not a very good explanation. No, I, 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 there's just so much to say, but yeah, I, I know. I think you're right. Like as to the question, you're right that like, Grace does swallow up and destroy these natural elements of power mm -hmm. and uh, masculinity, and it's this just really. It, it, I mean, if a Christian, if these sort of people had actual power, let's say they control the city, like these sort of post-liberal lefties, they, they actually controlled cities. It would look like San Francisco. I mean, it would look yeah. like Baltimore. It would look like Chicago. It would look like these places because they're just pure moralists. They're, they're allowed to believe these insane political ideas that we all know will not work. You all know they'll be destructive, but it makes them very pious, moralistic. And we know they'll never actually wield power because they're just, they just write for plow or whatever. And so that's just, that's, that's all they do. Right. So the, that's, um, but yeah, I mean, it's absurd, but, but they exist in liberalism where they are allowed to believe things yeah. that like, okay, cool. Moralistic. Yeah. You're better than that guy who likes power who idolizes Right, you know the king of the uh, sword. Yeah, he's Nietzsche. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's 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 what they believe. Yeah, that's so. Um, I guess uh, my final question. Do I get to have a final question? We're we're over time here, but uh, that's fine. I, I know. I, <laughs> okay. Um, would 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 just would be similar to to those lines, but what what? And again, this is this this is less a, a theoretical political scientist you know, question, but as far as strategy. Uh, besides the the on the ground, you've already mentioned you know make friends have have a, a band of guys that are that are, you're you're really tight with that, that love you and you love them. Um, but a, a political strategy going forward, uh, not not just in terms of you know electoral politics and things like that, but along the lines of how would you um, how would you pursue these things in order to win over the normie pastors that can be won over? How would you uh, uh, you know, what ideas would you stress or push more? Uh, because I mean, yeah. I'll give some context here that, that I, I am um, writing more and more against liberalism as a, as a concept that because, because simply we're in, we're in a post-liberal world that, that power is the reality. There is, there's not, you know, Oh, that guy's a Democrat and, and I'm a Republican and we're, we're going to argue in good faith because we're all Americans at the end of the day. And we love each other. We love our country. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. That, that arrangement is gone. Um, it's, it, they have power. We don't. And that's, that's the reality. Um, so the question I have is, is how do you, uh, how do you get people out of this, this framework where they think it is still 1994? Um, how do you how do you draw them out of this? I mean, what 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 strategy would you would you pursue? Yeah, I mean, I kind of already mentioned it, but I I, I think events like these, I mean, we have to kind of handle these things with care because we don't want to, like yeah. a, you know, an hour after a trans person kills kids, we want to start making things political like instantly. Yeah. But but I think eventually, once you can start, like once you can start saying things about an event and kind of interpret it, you know, and, and have, uh, kind of have a, some sort of narrative or whatever about it. I, I think just take how people respond and the, particularly the media, other evangelicals, like the, the elite, because it's going to be absurd. We know it's going to be absurd. And uh, and so 
take that to kind of show, okay, look, if we have a critical analysis, what's actually happening? So then I think that, that, will, that will make them see basically the, the hierarchy. I think then what comes with that, because I'm, because I'm essentially saying like right now, like the white male or the, is essentially the, the oppressed in an implicit sense. Uh, at the same time, we don't, we don't want to, our strategy should not be to be like, to be like victims. We don't want to be victims because to, to be a, to be a victim is just, is, is, you know, it's kind of gay. So, I mean, <laughs> I have, I mean, to have the, the to have like a victim, oh, <clears throat> by which I mean, you know, to, to be like a, if that's not the promo quit, uh, clip, then I'm quitting. <laughs> I mean, have like the victim mentality, you know, of like, course I agree. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like to have that, the, the victimology uh, to, by, by which I mean, like, because th there's like a performance to being a victim. Yes. I mean, of course, of, there's this performance you're supposed to act. And, and that's why, like, a lot of people kind of like, kind of laugh at the whole men's right movement because it's like, yeah, I, I think it's there's something to frame. Yeah. I think it's true yeah. about it. But then you're talking about rights and it just sounds, it just, you know, so, um, yeah, it, it's like this, this like weak appealing to, uh, appealing to other like the uh, sort of like feminine um like empathy like oh feel bad for me i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who feels oppressed like that's just yeah. no like you're appealing to a feminine trait that actually looks at you and says you know you're you're gay so i mean don't don't just don't do that um yeah so i like somehow have like cultivate a certain strength despite the fact that you're you're kind of enemies of your own country um yeah. So I, how that happens, I, I, hopefully the conversation will go forward in later episodes. But uh, I do yeah, there's more. I mean, I guess there's more I could say. I want to say this Absolutely. too, and, I, and and anyone who agrees with that will also agree with this. But I, I think that um, be especially um, aware of not raising your sons to be victims, because yes. in the trajectory, they're going to be much more easily fall into that, you know, uh, mentality. Um, yeah. But no, I, I think raising our sons to not be victims is a very, you know, it's easy for us. I mean, we've already, we've already been through like um, the formative years of our lives, right? And every, everything um, ahead of us is just going to harden us. But, you know, raise your sons to not be victims. That's just as important as not being one yourself. I mean, that, that's huge in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and by which you mean, I mean, because it's you can you can be a, a victim itself, but but the the performative aspect to it, where you, you go on, you know what I mean? Like the, there's that that ridiculous shouting and and this like t tweeting about it and, and and look what you did about and your like, trauma and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah just don't like. Yeah, I, I know it, it works for some people, but but even if it works, it's still it's just still it's gay. Yeah, it <laughs> just have some dignity about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, there hopefully um, that's that's you know um, all the time I think I think we all have for today. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to have you on again. I, I appreciate uh, giving us your time here today, uh, Stephen. Is there uh, anything besides the book, The Case for Christian Nationalism, which you can buy uh, anywhere you can find books? Uh, like Amazon and elsewhere. Well, if you buy it from Canon, I get paid more. So okay, we'll buy it from Canon directly from Canon. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah, thank please you. Please do, please do. If you haven't already, I mean, many of our listeners, I'm sure, have already. Uh, but if you haven't, now now's your chance. Um, but is there anything else that that you're doing that you want to promote? I know you mentioned your podcast that uh, that you you started yeah. up again. Um, tell us about that and and anything else you want people to check out. 
Yeah, so I'm, um, I have a podcast called Ars Politica. It's been around for a little while, uh, but it kind of had a pause for a few months, and now it's started back up. I have a couple episodes out now. I'm trying to do a YouTube channel as well, uh, probably using the same streaming service as you guys. Uh, yeah. And uh, but I, I'm not sure exactly how to do that. You guys, I don't have a fancy. I don't. I'm not live in the city with a background like this girl over there. But um, <laughs> I, 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 live I, I just have a. City, I'm literally in the in the. I'm in the extra space in my house Can that I put together. Yeah, yeah. All the guns going off. Yeah, well, for me, it's my neighbor shooting his gun out there, and the dog, right. dog barking at it. I had to shut the window. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway. Oh yeah, so the, the, those places, and then Twitter, you can find me. Just search, yeah. search for me, I guess. What's oh, uh, yeah, so. Well, thank you again. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the episode. I'm sure they will. And uh, we'd love to have you on again whenever you can make the time. And, and uh, hopefully uh, the book continues to do really, really well because it is, again, um, it's so very important. But uh, again, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. It was fun. What do you have for us this week before we, we close out? My links haven't changed. Uh, so cjingle.substack.com and at contramordor. Uh, on both Gab and Twitter is where you'll find me. And um, that's that's it. Just those three things. And we'll have all of Steven's links too in our show notes as well. Uh, but go ahead, Andrew, and then I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, again, um, thank you all for listening to this very important special uh, first guest episode. And, and we're working out the... Uh, um, all of the all the processes to bringing on guests and, and how it all works. We're you know we're not technological marvels here at Contramundum Podcast, uh, but uh, we're we're so thankful for Stephen for our guest. Um, I have uh, an article out on Gap News that I'd like you all to check out about the um, about the shooting this this week um, that addresses all of these these topics. And um, uh, please check that out at news.gap.com. Uh, you can check out um, all the other things that that uh all the other work that i've done there as well um and if, again if you appreciate the podcast if you like it please please share it please like please subscribe do all of those things uh, uh you can find it on our rss feed um, at uh, captivate.fm you can find us there and any other links that we have um and uh i'd like to apologize to uh, the poster we're all going to make it we did not have enough time to have him on as another guest uh maybe next time um, but other than that, I hope you all have a wonderful, excellent week, and we will see you next time. See you next time.